you know, when they give you a task at hand, they know that it's going to get handled and it's going to get handled properly. Um, I'm not much on micromanagement, and I can say to this day, I, I don't ever see that. You know, again, they give you the top-notch tools to work with and, you know, treat you accordingly, and everything goes uh, just really well. voice you heard there was that of former heavy haul small fleet owner operator Lonnie Lorry. Going on four years now, Lorry's been a fuel hauler in Gemini Transportation's all company truck fleet. Based in Arizona, Lorry hauls a sleeper outfitted 579 on regional routes in the day cab heavy operation uh, that is also Love's tra Travel Stop's dedicated fuel delivery business. I'm Todd Dills for this edition of Overdrive Radio where the 52-year-old fuel hauler gives us a window into his history trucking. Remarkable in more than one way. See, there's something you need to know about Laurie. When he was in his 20s after having grown up in Quincy, Michigan, along US-12 about equidistant between South Bend, Indiana, and Detroit, when he was a young man there, something happened to him that would significantly impact the rest of his life without a doubt. I had a set of monster trucks. Um... I ran two of them. One was called the uh, Michigan Ice Monster. The other one was called the uh, Neighborhood Nightmare. And Memorial Day weekend of uh, 1994, I went down to the shop with my uh, three-year-old son. And in the uh, infamous situation where I was airing up a tire that was on the truck, um, it had went flat. Um, we had did a fair show in Fowlerville, Michigan the night before. And... Uh, while I was airing the tire up, the rim came out of the tire, took my arm off, and uh, that's kind of where I uh, went from a two-armed guy to, uh, I guess, kind of some people call me the one-armed bandit periodically. Um, and that, you know, I mean, things just uh, evolved from there. I remember when I was in the hospital, uh, my mom come out and said, uh, you know, we're going to get you some Velcro shoes and some, uh, you know, you can start wearing sweatpants. I said, no, we, we ain't doing that, Mom. If I can't tie my shoes and feed myself. So I just, uh, my sister at that point, she was a uh, doctor, um, kind of did some checking around for me, found uh, some prosthetic places and stuff for me to go, took and uh, went to the University of Michigan, where uh, about four days after I lost my arm, they gave me my first prosthesis. Um, and at first, I mean, it's kind of funny when you see people uh, look at you, they say, well, you know, you want one of those with a hand or one of them powered ones. And now losing my arm over 20 years, um, I can tell you that modern day electronics is not the way to go. I have what's called a body powered prosthesis and it functions and works very well, um, for everything I do, um, Kind of, uh, this is off the story, but, uh, you know, just like when I initially started to uh, decide I wanted to go to work for Gemini and haul fuel, I had hauled uh, milk tankers, uh, you know, on the family farm and such. Never done anything, any kind of uh, anything with fuel whatsoever. Um, so, I mean, I was a little challenged there, I thought, at the first point, but... Um, 
loves and the people that they connected me with to train me and so on and so forth. They did a phenomenal job there. Um, Julio Anaya, which was my regional manager at the time, you know, like I say, he put me together with a guy that uh, was very open-minded, um, had a wide uh, variety of uh, intelligence as far as, you know, what would work here and, you know, try to do this and so on and so forth. But uh, as Lonnie Laurie uh, intimated there, his longest run of trucking experience prior to joining Jim and I wasn't in tank at all, but at the helm of a small fleet with expertise in heavy and oversized hauling. After some of that early milk tank work you mentioned. I started my uh, <laughs> life out in a uh, little town in uh, Michigan called uh, Quincy. Quincy and Coatter okay. together about 10,000 people uh, total. So, I mean, everybody kind of knows everybody. Um, as I uh, grew up and graduated, I took in, uh, started my own uh, trucking company. Um Okay. And uh, proceeded with that for just a little while and ended up uh, deciding I wanted to move to uh, Minnesota. Uh, yeah, before I, uh, before I moved to uh, Minnesota, um, I only had two trucks of my own. And I did okay. a lot of uh, Landau work um, for the Ford plant out of Kentucky. I'd haul cabin chassis uh, all over the country. And then when I moved to Minnesota, um, I had taken my truck and my trailer to a company called Twin City Transport and Recovery, and I did a lot of long-distance towing for them, um, buses, fire trucks, and things sure. of that nature. Um, and I did run the little tow truck periodically. Um, after a couple years of that, I just decided, you know what, I really want to start my own escalated business, you know, big time. Um, and that's when I ended up, I had uh, 12 trucks of my own, um, employees. I started it out as a lawn care company, but then it uh, evolved into uh, excavating and a heavy haul. Based out of a headquarters in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, the business was called TLC Lawn Care and Landscaping Incorporated. When Iowa was big into the... Uh, windmill towers moved a lot mm -hmm. of uh you know four-wheel tire cranes for uh ziggler caterpillar um out of uh i believe it's shakopee is where they're located minnesota but uh gotcha. yeah they were providing the wheel cranes for these uh windmill companies and so we were moving them all over from site to site to site because obviously they're too large to uh to uh Paul there. And to make the job easier there, obviously I had to be escorted. So I had my own escort um, with my own pickups and my own employees. So basically when we got to the job, you know, um, we both knew our uh, our task there. And, you know, we'd uh, detach the stuff that needed detached. I'd get the uh, unit, drove up on the trailer. We'd reconnect and, you know, we'd both work down uh, the chaining down process. And then uh, once it was safely and ready to go, he would... Uh, you know, it, one would escort the front, one would escort the rear. In the winter times, we'd go down to uh, my employees and I. We'd go down to like Florida and Texas, and uh, work for other contractors. Um, my company actually, um, I don't know if you know the story of the Minneapolis bridge that collapsed uh, about ten years ago, but that was actually oh, yeah, the last yeah. 
That was actually the last job that my company performed with uh, Carl Bolander and Sons. Um, did the Cowboys Stadium with uh, Mario Sinicola down in the uh, Dallas region. Um, did the, all the dirt, you know, they did the dirt part and I did the hauling of the dirt and several other uh, products. Um, and then shortly after uh, being married to my ex-wife for about 17 years, uh, she decided that uh, she wanted to go elsewhere. And so unfortunately with that circumstance, uh, I ended the business um, and kept uh, two of the trucks. And then I went uh, driving over the road for a company called Long Haul Trucking out of Albertville, right. Minnesota. Um, that's a flatbed uh, step deck company. Traveled uh, all 48 states in Canada. Um, I actually, probably my uh, biggest, nicest, coolest thing I ever did there is uh, when they had the Olympics in Vancouver, British Columbia. I stayed up there for like three months and hauled a lot of stuff in and a lot of stuff out for the Olympics. So that was pretty uh, spectacular for myself uh, as far as something neat and momentous. And then actually back to the... Uh, Cowboys Stadium, they have that big uh, Megatron TV that's in the middle there. Uh, I hauled that there. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yep, just before they got it finished. So, yeah, um, a lot of the casinos that you see in Las Vegas with the windows and such, um, I hauled a lot of them out of uh, either Salt Lake City or uh, the Georgia area for Veracon Glass. And then that uh, pronounced me to a situation where I decided I'd had enough of the uh, freezing cold temperatures. And uh, so I had uh, been driving, you know, obviously all 48 states and everywhere. So I thought to myself, you know, where do I uh, truly like and where do I truly want to reside? And so I moved to Arizona, decided uh, my current wife, who I met, in uh, 2012 of April, um, she's probably one of my biggest, uh, you know, family supporters. And I don't know if I cry a little bit during this. Some of this is kind of emotional, but don't worry about okay. it. Nothing, nothing, nothing's going to bother me about it. But uh, yeah, um, you know what? She's been by my side since day one. I mean, uh, I met her at uh, a family credit union that was in the little town there, um, and it just kind of sparked from there. And like I say. Anything that I've wanted to do, job or career-wise, uh, you know what? She's always stood beside me um, through the thick and the thin. And so I was down here in Arizona, and I'd found a house. And uh, we decided, well, you know what? We're going to pack our things up, and that's where we're going to end up. And so that's what we did. And I decided once I got down here, I'd kind of like to try to be local, you know? And so okay. I went to work for a small sand and gravel company, and that didn't work out real well. So then I went to a substantially larger sand and gravel company, um, which did Arizona, Nevada, California. And that was working pretty good for a short term. Um, I actually did some, uh, because I had uh, landscaping and lawn care background, I worked for a uh, golf course down here on the side to kind of help, uh, you know, gain a little bit more uh, family life with money and such. And, uh, you know, one thing led to another and nothing was working out. And, uh, you know, kind of like uh, God and premonitions and things, uh, opportunities approach you in odd ways. Um, 
I was at the Loves just down the street, but spending the night, but we were doing some work in Quartzsite, Arizona, and uh, I was getting fuel there, and I happened to look at the back of the truck. I even remember the truck number, the whole nine yards, um, the operator's name at that time, um, James. So I uh, got done fueling, and I parked over to the side because I was going to go in and use a shower real quick. And uh, so I walked up and asked him some questions, you know, and ironically enough, he said, uh, you know, that Julio, his RM, was looking for people, and he gave me the phone number. I went back to the motel that night, and I kind of run it past my wife, and, you know, I said, uh, you know, this is fuel. I've never done it, you know. And so she said, you know, um, I'm with you, whatever you decide. And so... uh, the next morning, I was in, uh, I remember the call well, I was in the uh, parking lot in Corona, California. Um, I just delivered a load of sand uh, to a client, had to wait for my next dispatch, and I phoned Julio. He was actually in Kingman, um, Arizona, at the time at our MoBest yard there, and uh, said, uh, yeah, he uh, he had two positions. I immediately mentioned to him, I said, well, you know, before we waste one another's time, I said, uh, I I only have one arm. And he says, you know, Lonnie, I'll I'll be straightforward. You know what? If you can do the job, sir, you have it. It It's yours. You know, I I, I don't judge people. Um, Right there. Hang on a bit. (laughs) right Right then and there. When you know that you've found a home, you know what? I, I got that feeling from the Love's company. He had scheduled me for an interview. Um, this was late in the week. This was like a Thursday. He had scheduled me for a you know, in-the-office interview um, because I had sent him all my credentials and everything. He liked what he had seen via email. Um, I couldn't make it there on Monday. So he gives me the call back and says, you know, well, I will hold your application, but I'm going to have to take and, you know, I'm going to have to hire somebody else. So anyhow, I, I understood. And lo and behold, three days later, that somebody didn't work out. I had found out that that somebody else didn't work out. I put in the call to him and I said, I'll see you Friday morning. He said, okay. And Friday morning, I met him and Ruben Astorgia which is my RM now uh, due to a misfortunate situation. Um, I took in, uh, went in the office, shook both their hands, um, realized that, you know what, this is going to be a very professional place and a place that I could, you know, pretty much call home, I would say, uh, until I retire. He had hired me and uh, said, uh, you know, I need a guy six days a week. Does that bother you? No, sir, it does not. Um, You know, the equipment that he put me in immediately was, you know, top of the line. Everything was, you know, mechanically, their equipment is mechanically, you know, above and beyond um, anything, you know. I mean, safety is definitely a big, big uh, part of uh, who Gemini and – the Love's company is. I worked here for about three years, um, 
and recently my wife uh, had a opportunity down in uh, Florida so I went to Reuben and asked him I said hey you know uh, is this okay if I go down there he's like yeah I'll put in the paperwork so I mean not once but twice you know here's a company that's willing to work with you and your family mm-hmm. members for whatever your family needs are um, so I we went down there it didn't work out in the plans that we had hoped for um, you know no faults to you know anything that anybody really did it just there were some unseen things that you know financially didn't work out to our favor so at that point I called Ruben and said uh, you know what I'd like to come back but if I'm going to come back I want to come back and drive a sleeper truck I said because if you don't hire me back I'm okay with that and I will understand but I am you know I'm going to take and seek another employment I'm going to go back to long haul and do what I used to do because I knew what I could do there so on and so forth um, he said give me three minutes I'll make a phone call he made a phone call got back to me in the three minutes as he promised said can you be here in a week I said yes sir I can and when I showed back up in Phoenix, Arizona, I had a brand new uh, 579 Peterbilt, um, brand new trailer, everything, you know, minimal miles, like 3,000 miles. So that tells me that it basically made it from Dallas, Texas, uh, where they make the darn things there, to uh, Oklahoma for somebody to do a PDI on it, check it out, and then they drove it to Phoenix. So... Um, not once, but not twice, but three times, pretty much everything the company has said they would do and would perform as a task, they've come through in flying colors. So right. you know, them as a company is, again, it, it, it's, it's a good place you can call home. They have you on um, uh, more sort of regional type runs where you go a little farther afield because you have that sleeper. Yeah, yeah. Basically, what my schedule consists of, usually my day consists of on a Monday, I'll load a load out of Phoenix and head it to uh, one of our stores to the north, like a Williams, Arizona, or a Kingman, sometimes a Lake Havasu. And from there, then I'll go to our MoBest yard in Kingman and load a uh, load of what's called R99. It's a renewable fuel that California uses. And uh, I haul from there to... uh, the California locations, and then from there, they'll run me up to uh, Las Vegas where I load fuel for uh, stores in Salt Lake, um, back to Kingman. Sometimes out of the Phoenix area, they'll have me haul to uh, Gallup, New Mexico, Lordsburg, New Mexico. Um, Colorado's the far the, Colorado's the farthest that uh, we've been. Um, you know, with a sleeper truck, like I say, you know, you'll you'll I go out mostly. I'm gone all week. They work me back on Saturday afternoon, and then I'm off from Saturday afternoon till Monday morning. As far as products I've hauled for them, I mean, I've hauled everything that they, uh, you know, I've hauled. Uh, the only thing I haven't hauled is the crude oil side, but I've done bio, DEF, um, the R99, gas, mm-hmm. ultra low sulfur. 
Yeah, so you, you started out, you kind of you went down there with an idea that you'd uh, be a little more uh, uh, local, but uh, turned out that uh, you saw a better opportunity. Um, it, it's actually more fitting for me, to tell you the truth. Okay. Um, I like it. You know, some people like being home every day, but the minimal time that you're home, because I drove over the road for so long, I think that's kind of just my nature of what I like. I asked Lonnie Laurie whether I might be right that the loss of his right arm hadn't much impacted the switch from past complicated loads and heavy and oversized hauling and the later flatbed and step deck work to fuel hauling with Gemini. Nothing much had surprised him about that switch in that regard indeed, he said, but later he noted what's perhaps been the biggest difficulty over his career. The variance in the regs he must get to be issued a medical card with his CDL, given the missing limb. Such variances are administered via state licensing agencies in collaboration with the FMCSA, and he's subject to something of a higher standard when it comes to record keeping and reporting of adverse inspection outcomes, as he notes here. The variance thing, if I had to say in my 20 years of uh, being without an arm, the variance thing is the biggest pain that there is. Um, really? I mean, for myself, and, and again, this is why it's nice to have a company like Gemini, um, obviously being a hazmat carrier, we get inspected a lot. Um, yep. One, it makes my job easier when I, you know, obviously I'm a professional and safe operator, but I'm getting inspected. I got nice, new, safe equipment. And when I get one of those, I have to forward those whether it's a pass or a fail, and I haven't had any fails, knock on wood, um, I have to pass that information on to the federal motor carrier, um, at which my location is out of Atlanta, Georgia. And unlike the average driver that drives, um, if he gets a fail or if he gets a speeding violation, um, you know, it's, you know, basically I call it a slap on the wrist. Me, on the other hand, uh, I was granted this waiver to say that I would safely drive. Now I'm displaying unsafe actions and they could take it. So I kind of put my pet self on a higher standard or a higher grade than somebody else. Mm. You know, like I say, once you got it, I mean, if you're displaying all the things, I mean, it's like I say, it's an every two year process and it seems like the uh, government waits till the last minute to uh, to get it to you, but you probably you're you're basically renewing it every time you go get ready to do the medical. Is that right? Yep, yep. I, in fact, okay. I just I just did the medical and uh, yeah, just got it re, you know updated here uh, recently. Yeah. Are you you have to kind of actively report any sort of routine inspection issues to? I mean they. Those things get reported generally uh, on a routine right. basis, but it's, it sounds like you have to uh, you have to do something a little a little above and beyond that if you if something does. Right. You know, it's nothing okay. more. Yeah, it's nothing more than a fax or an email, but yeah, you know, okay. it it just shows that you know my records that I'm keeping and that Gemini probably keeps because obviously they get a copy of it, um, yeah. and so on. That you know everybody's on the same page kind of um yeah. in fact ironically enough when it comes to licenses um when i moved here from minnesota to arizona um 
I had never had this. Um, I went to the Arizona DMV. You know, this is my name. This is where I live now. Can I please get my device? Right. And the lady said, well, have you went to the medical review board yet? I said, no, ma'am, I have not. Well, you need to do that before we'll uh, grant you a license. So, I mean, that was something. It's a little different in Arizona than it was in Minnesota. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Yep. I was like, okay, so how do I do this? And, and they were very informative, yeah. polite, and, uh, you know, got me to the right channels and got uh, everything going. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Procedures that you have to uh, go through are, um, yeah, they're, they're state based. They go along with the CDL, so it's a, a state program. Right. State licensing agencies administer it. So, yeah, okay. The operator did take note of some of the stakes raising aspects of fuel hauling, nonetheless, which dovetailed to a conversation uh, about the profusion of technology in today's equipment, from those required ELDs most love to hate to advanced assist techs that may have some difficulty learning to work with. The only thing that's surprising about it is, you know, um, you know, obviously the uh, the dangers of it. And again, with the dangers yeah. of it, um, you know, the Love's family, the Love's company. Um, again, um, I see this out on the road. When it comes to the safety and the equipment that they provide for us, um, they're looking out for us as well as our families. You know what? Family's number one with them. They want you to come home at the end of the day. Sure. I know that we've got the ELDs now. Um, they've got the top of the line there. You know, everything is very user-friendly, hands-on. If you have a problem throughout the day, they've got, uh, you know, 24-hour support where you just you, you make your phone call in and that support person can help you out. Is that a support person with uh, the fleet or is that a support person with the ELD provider? It started out with the it started out with PeopleNet the 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 ELD provider, okay. but they sent some people to some training. So now we have our own in you know in house people that you know just so it's not what we call a PeopleNet problem where they have shut something yeah. down. Our people can fix it, so um, that that's definitely a very helpful tool. Um, sure. And then, like I say, you know, back to the equipment. When you ask me what we drive, I mean. Um, everything, you know, I mean, the trucks have, uh, and I should know, uh, collision mitigation systems on them. So, I mean, it keeps us, you know, keeps the trucks at safe, you know, traveling distances, um, speeds, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, and the company itself monitors that to, uh, make sure that, you know, we're all in safe parameters at all times. Yeah, how how is it driving with that system? I heard uh, you know I've heard varying uh, reports on this. Some people get pretty frustrated with uh, those kinds of systems at times, but um, I mean, how? Uh, I guess it's all a, a process of basically learning how to uh, how to anticipate uh, it and sort of like you retrain your mind around how to drive the vehicle. I guess. Yep, exactly. Well, I mean, it, it was a learning curve. Um, you know, I always. In the 20 plus years of driving, I've never had any accidents, never had any injuries. Um, I have seen a few fatal fatal accidents in my time, which is a sad situation. But, um, you know, I would have to say it made me a better driver rather than anything else. I mean, again, you know, driving through Chicago, 
you know, you really got to pay attention. And again, with the collision mitigation thing, if you're really not paying attention uh, and that car stops in front of you in the old days, you're probably going to run into them where this system is set up where, you know what, it, it stops you, you know, so it, it's, it's a good thing, you know, in regards to uh, kind of uh, with the story, I mean, my, uh, my son, he does uh, hauling in the state of Michigan. Um, he pulls a mm-hmm. set of uh, steel trains. So, I mean, he's, uh, I always uh, poke fun at him and say, you know what, uh, you're you're one up in the old man because uh, yeah, that's one I never <laughs> did. He uh, he stays out for a week, sometimes two weeks at a time, but uh, he kind of grew up with me, you know. Even though uh, his mother and I separated uh, a short time after, um, he kind of grew up around me in the trucks the whole time while okay. I was in bi- business in Minnesota. What's your son's name? Uh, son's name is Caleb, K-A-L-E-B. Okay. Uh, Your daughter's actually working with Loves now, isn't she? Yep, yeah. My daughter, uh, Tyler, she uh, she took and come out here to visit me um, about two years ago now, I think, Christmas. When she came out, you know, she was kind of in between jobs, didn't know where she wanted to go, what she was doing. So I'd always told her if she wanted to stay, she was more than welcome. And my, you know, my wife, Joy, uh, always opened her with uh, open arms. And so anyhow, um, the day got ready to come where she was uh, to fly out and uh, she didn't want to go home. She's like, you know, and I mean, she didn't have a lot there. Um, she had lived with a uh, my ex-wife and uh, such. And at this time, I think she was living with a friend, but pretty much just had her car and some clothes. I said, well, you know, if you want to stay, you can stay. I said, but, you know, going to have to get a job. And so uh, anyhow, back to the loves people and their family and how they are and how they treat people. Um, Obviously, at that time of my career, I was uh, running the local route uh, in the Phoenix area. So I had when I say I had some people that I knew at the stores, I knew people, but I wanted her to get the job for herself by herself. So basically we went in one morning when she took me to work and I said, you know, this is, uh, you know, at the time it was Phil was the, uh, GM at the Tollison store. I said, uh, you know, I uh, want you to meet with him and see if you can set something up with him and, you know, so on and so forth. And, she called me back that afternoon and said she was going to be late picking me up that night because she uh, had to work late. I don't know what her and they talked about, but, you know, he put her to work on the spot. And so when he did that, that kind of uh, caught me off guard. So then I had to figure out, well, I can't have her driving my truck to work and this ain't going to work. So I got to get her a car. And so I had to get her car uh, shipped up here pretty quick. Yeah, like I say, she lived with me for a little bit, probably six months, and then she was able to uh, move out on her own, Um, and she has also uh, escalated up the ladder, probably, again, a little faster than Dad. Uh, um, She uh, is now uh, running the uh, show out at the uh, Tollison Tire Shop there, and I don't know a whole lot about this, but uh, I do know she received the uh, Love's Golden Heart Award. I was pretty impressed that, uh, you know, she received such an award. Monty's daughter, Tyler, was indeed the recipient of what Love's rep, Caitlin Campbell, says is a customer commitment award. 
which district managers issue to one team member a month who goes above and beyond. A big thanks to Lonnie Laurie for telling his story. You can find more about the medical variance program for prospective commercial drivers, whether CDL or in that 10,001 to 26,000 pound category via fmcsa.dot.gov. Search medical variance. Many an owner operator out there has made a career out of it, missing an arm, just like the self-described one-arm bandit, uh, Lonnie Laurie. Search for South Carolina-based owner operator Jimmy Artis. That's A-R-D-I-S at overdriveonline.com to hear another such story. That's all for now, except almost forgot. Lonnie did do some circle dirt track racing after he lost his arm. But as goes the monster trucks, in case you were wondering. May 20, May 27th of 1994 was the last time I sold the trucks. I've never seen them since. And I truly don't believe that I ever took my children to a monster truck event since then.